For instance, I mean, I was, by the time my second novel came out, I was a mom and I was trying to write it while having a newborn at home. And even just figuring out how to do that, I thought, I think this would be really helpful for people to hear because people hear, oh, like a book or you wrote a book that must have taken hundreds and hundreds of hours. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. It obviously took time, Mm -hmm. but I managed to do it while having a, a baby. And so it like, it didn't it didn't have to take as much time as I think I, I believed it would. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't have to be as hard as I believed it would. And so that's why I ended up starting my, my writing program to basically like show this kind of countercultural view of writing a book and like help people fit it into their lives, no matter how busy they are, which means a lot, you know, a lot of, a lot of moms. Hey, my name is Kelly Heil, and I'm here to show you that it's totally possible to do what you love while raising the ones you love. It took me far too long to figure out how to balance my new role of mom while overcoming mom guilt and still living my best creative life. Motherhood does not mean we have to throw who we used to be aside and stop making art or writing books. That's why I created this podcast. I want to inspire you to live intentionally. Whether you're a mom who gets up at 5 a.m. or a night owl who has another cup of coffee at midnight, we can do this. And I'm spotlighting women who are doing this. Grab a coffee, grab a notebook, get ready to change your life. This is the Moms Who Create podcast. everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of the Moms Who Create podcast. It's Kelly and I am back with another driven, passionate, thriving, and knowledgeable mom this week, Mary Adkins. Mary Adkins is a writing coach and host of two podcasts. She is the founder of the Book Incubator, which is a 12-month program to write, revise, and pitch your novel or memoir. She is the author of three novels. The first is When You Read This, which is Indie Next Pick, Best Book of 2019 by Good Housekeeping, and Real Simple. The second is Privilege, Today.com Best Summer Read, and New York Post Best Book of the Week. And her third book is called Palm Beach. It's like a sandy beach, equal parts beautiful and uncomfortable, according to the Associated Press. Her books have been published in 13 countries, and her essays and reporting have appeared in the New York Times, The Atlantic, Slate, and more. A graduate of Yale Law School and Duke University, she helps aspiring authors finish their books with joy and clarity. Mary knows how to get it done and really be successful in doing so. Enjoy today's episode. Mary, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm excited to meet you and and talk today. So thanks for being here. Glad to be here. All right. So let's jump into it. You are a a writing coach. You're an author, podcast host, and you are the founder of the Book Incubator, which is a month program to write and do all this amazing stuff. So can you just start out by telling us about you and all this amazing stuff that you do? Sure. I'd love to. So I am, I live in Tennessee. I live in Nashville with my husband and my son, Finn, who's four and a half. And I'm, uh, I used to be a lawyer. I was a lawyer for, um, seven months. I was not, I didn't even make it a full year. It was not very long because I missed 
create, I miss creating, like I missed writing. And I, I had known I wanted to be a writer since I was a little girl, but I just got a little sidetracked. And I think that wasn't, that was, wasn't totally clear to me until I got a law job. So I, mm-hmm. I quit my law job after just seven months, uh, and started tutoring to pay my bills and started writing. I wanted to write novels and it, it took me a while. It took me six years to finish my first novel and find a, find a publisher. Um, but I did finally. And then after that, I published two more. So I have, have published three novels. And after my first novel came out was when I think I realized, oh, I've figured out a lot about writing a novel that I think I could really help people with. Like, I think I could, for instance, I mean, I was, by the time my second novel came out, I was a mom and I was trying to write it while having a newborn at home. And even just figuring out how to do that. I thought, I think this would be really helpful for people to hear because people hear, Oh, like a book or you wrote a book that must've taken hundreds and hundreds of hours. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. It obviously took time, Mm -hmm. but I managed to do it while having a a baby. And so it like, it didn't, it didn't have to take as much time as I think I, I believed it would. Mm -hmm. Um, and it didn't have to be as hard as I believed it would. And so that's why I ended up starting my, my writing program to basically like show this kind of countercultural view of writing a book and like help people fit it into their lives, no matter how busy they are, which means a lot, you know, a lot of, a lot of moms. That probably stops most moms, you know, thinking about writing a book or starting something like that. It just seems too overwhelming at first. So that's why most people don't even try. They don't even start. They're like, no, I don't have time. This is going to take way too long, too much of commitment. And I have a little kid. So I, I just assume that's why a lot of people just don't, don't do it. And I mean, it makes sense, you know, if you just think about it on like a surface level like that. So, um, I'm glad you decided to help others and be like, no, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me help and you. I know. I know my favorite, I'm going to just really quickly, if it's okay, share my favorite little anecdote of someone yeah. because I find her so inspiring. So when, when I was writing a book while being a mom, I was doing it one of them I wrote on my maternity leave, <laughs> which was its own kind of challenging. But the other one I wrote while I was, I was like teaching online part-time. So it's like teaching online part-time, being a mom and writing a book, which I still think was a lot to juggle. But this, I, I just want to share this one example because I just think it's so inspiring. Yeah. This one writer that I have worked with, she has a, two children. She's a mom of two young children and she's, she's a doctor. So and she works at a hospital. So she was working at this hospital during the pandemic. So, you know, just like all medical professionals, she was like there all the time. And when she was home, she was parenting, but she had this novel idea that was like her escape during, um, during the pandemic. Like she would wanted to escape into this fictional world. So she wrote a whole novel on the notes app of her phone in between patients. She wrote the whole thing, the whole novel. And she's now, and she's now revised it because that's easier once you have the draft, you know, Mm -hmm. to revise it. And she's now sending it out. So I just love that story so much. I love that story so much. That's going to be what I'm going to store back here. It's like to think about and maybe help encourage others with. That's incredible. Like that's incredible. What a wonderful story. Thanks for sharing that with us too. I know. And I think a big part of that, like when she, I don't want to make it seem like it was easy for her because when she first started doing it, she, 
she asked me, she's like, is it okay if I am writing a book on the notes app of my phone? Like, could I write the whole book this way? Is there something wrong with that? I mean, she needed permission. Like she needed to give herself permission Mm -hmm. to even do it that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what comes up for moms a lot too, is because we cram, we like the things that we do for ourselves, including creativity, we often are cramming in these like very small pockets of time between other things. Right. (laughs) Like I'm like, I'm going to take five minutes to luxuriously dry my hair. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's true, but like that couldn't even include a book. Like she wrote a Mm -hmm. whole book that way. So that's neat. It's just where you prioritize your time. Okay. So tell us about, uh, you have three novels, right? Yeah. Okay. So you have three novels and then you started to become a writing coach what made you want to start your podcast? Tell us about your podcast too. So I have, I actually have two podcasts because <laughs> I got the pod, <laughs> I got bitten by the podcast bug. Um, so I have one podcast where I share writing advice and that's just me just giving writing advice. And those are just kind of short and sweet episodes. And that's called the, the first draft club. And then I have a podcast with a friend called craft talk book club, where we read new books that are coming out, novels and memoirs. And we analyze the the writing choices that the authors are making. So yeah, yeah, that was, that's just super fun because my friend and I would, she and I would do this anyway. We would have these read the same book and then talk about the craft choices that the authors were making. And we, then we both thought, why don't we just turn this into a podcast? So that's a new one, but we're like, I don't know, two months in. Um, And that's called craft talk book club. Yeah. Okay. So everybody go follow and subscribe to both of her podcasts. You had an episode of the first draft club. I think it was that one. And it was, I think it was one of the more recent ones, like talking about getting a literary agent. Yeah. And I was listening to that. I was like, God, I love this. This is good. Like, this is really good. I've, I only have one children's book that I've written, but I'm working on a million other ones and like, like actual novels. And I'm like, if I want to do this and actually get it published or, you know, I, I've, my other one was self-published. I'm really, really, really want to go the traditional publishing route, but a lot of really good publishers and agencies and stuff I've learned, they won't take you unless you have a literary agent. And then yeah. it's like, okay, well, I'll just do that. It's hard. It's harder than I thought to get an actual agent. So I'm learning all of this in the the whole process of everything. So I was listening to your podcast episode. I was like, Oh, good. good. Yeah. People don't know how to do that. I mean, I didn't know how to, you don't know until you know, it's like you, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And then, like you said, you realize I went through the same thing. Like, Oh, I'm going to need a literary agent. Well, how do I get one of those? You know, Mm -hmm. there's like a whole process you have to go through. And for me, I mean, that was the hardest part. Once I, once I got an agent, everything was easier. So, Mm, okay. That, the part you're going through now is the hardest part. <laughs> you need to get over that hurdle. Yeah. <laughs> she says it's going to be easier. It's like when you have like a newborn and they're like, it gets exactly. easier. It gets easier. And I'm like, exactly. wait, when is this going to get easier? She's five now. Like, <laughs> right. You're like, it no, just it changes. But yeah, <laughs> I feel like the tr- transition out of diapers was pretty major. That was like not having to haul all those diapers around. It goes from not having to haul diapers around to making sure you're always kind of close to a bathroom when they have to go right then. And I'm going out of that now with my youngest one to like, she can hold it for a while if she has to. So that's like, that's like the next chapter of my life is I don't have to be within five minutes. 10 feet of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. You talked about how you, I get to know you were a lawyer. That's amazing. And for seven months, I feel like you probably had to put so many years of your life into that. Like, (laughs) 
So you had to feel very strongly about wanting to go back and follow your creative path and write. That probably wasn't an easy, maybe in your mind, it was easy. Like, I don't want to do this. I wanted to write books. I want to do this. But it probably was a big decision you had to make after spending all that time. Yeah. um, You know, achieving that goal of becoming a lawyer. So if you haven't heard, the Moms Who Create Journal is here. I am so excited to share this with you all. I've created this journal for you to fill with your project ideas, whether you're a writer, artist, entrepreneur, musician, or just a creative of any kind. If you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee that this journal is for you. With over 100 blank pages to plan your dreams, here's a space for your creativity to take flight. Go to momswhocreate.com slash journal for more information. Available now on Amazon. Yeah, it was, I mean, because law school is three years and, and actually now that you put it that way, you're right. Like that's not even it because you have to, to apply to law school, you have to take the law school admissions test, which you study for, for months. So, I mean, altogether, it was probably like five years of my life devoted to that. And then becoming a lawyer was, um, yeah, for some reason that was the wake up call. Like I actually want to spend my time writing. I mean, I also think it was a situation where I was, I I don't like confrontation. I'm a really non-confrontational person. And I was in litigation, which is the kind of law that's all about confrontation. Mm -hmm. So it just was not, it was like the opposite of my personality. It was not a good fit at all. So I think that also helped push me out pretty quickly um, because I was just miserable at work. It wasn't like I was like, oh, this job's pretty good. It was like, no, I cannot stay in this job, you know? Yeah. Um, but I also think it was good that I, I mean, I, I, I wasn't a mom yet. Like I didn't have a family. I didn't have anyone mm-hmm. dependent on my income. I was single. And so, you know, you don't think of it at the time. Like I, I hated that I was single and like, you know, I was like, oh, I, cause I was almost 30 and I'm like, oh, I need to find a partner. I mean, and, and I'm glad I, of course, eventually it did. But like at the time, I think it was actually a good thing. It was like a blessing that I, because I wasn't responsible for anyone but myself or to anyone but myself. And I could just make this decision that everyone in my life thought was crazy. (laughs) You know, you made an excellent decision though. Yeah, I could. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think it would to most people seem kind of crazy. Like, no, like, what are you doing? But that was a great time. Like you said, that was a great time in your life. Single, no kids. That's yeah. when we can try all the things and make all yeah. the like make, make a the, bold choice. Yeah. Did you start writing and writing your books before you had kids or was it during? So fortunately, I I got a lot of my learning out of the way before I had kids. So I but but looking back, it's funny because I said, you know, my first book took me six years to write. And I just kept rewriting it and rewriting it and just kind of trying out new things. And I was tutoring at night. So I I really had the luxury of all this. It's that thing where like before you're a parent, you don't you kind of take for granted that you have hours and hours every day to do yeah. what you want. Right. I look back and, and I just think, why was my floor not vacuumed every day? Yes. All the time. I had all this time. So I had all this time. So I kept rewriting the book, rewriting the book and taking writing classes. And like, I was really impatient for it to, you know, for, for, to find a literary agent, which was really hard because people were telling me, no, it took forever. Um, But I, I did have the luxury of all this time. And then 
So here's kind of an interesting tidbit that sometimes people don't know with traditional publishing. After you sell your first book, you can often sell your next book and then your books after that just on a proposal. So you don't have to have written them yet. You can basically just kind of write a description of what the book will be and your publisher um, will will often buy it from you. So you'll have the book contract before you've written the book, which is okay. comes with its own kind of pressure, but is nice, you know, because yeah. you know it's going to come out. So my first book sold. And then almost right after that, I got pregnant. Um, like two months after that, I got pregnant. And so by the time I sold my next book on a proposal about a year later, I had, uh, I had a baby. So I had like, I had a book contract, but I hadn't written it, the book itself yet, but I had a newborn and I had taken a full-time job at the tutoring company where I worked in order to get maternity leave mm-hmm. and healthcare um, because my husband was a school in school. He was, went back to school. So he was a full-time student. So I like didn't know how I was going to write this book and have a job and a new, <laughs> newborn. Oh, wow. So I just thought, well, I just have to write it on my maternity leave. Like what else am I going to do? And so I gave myself, I think I had like an eight week maternity leave and I took the first few weeks off. Uh, thank God I did that. I mean, really? looking back, it's like, that would have been crazy. So I wow. did, I didn't start writing until I think the fourth week. Um, but that's when I really had to get, I had to get efficient about my process because it was, I didn't have hours a day, of course. I mean, I literally, in this case, I had a friend and my mom who would watch my son who was like a month old for two hours a day. And then I was also breastfeeding. So like, I couldn't be gone for that much longer than that anyway, because I would have needed to pump or nurse. Mm -hmm. So basically it was like, okay, I have a couple of months, two hours a day to write this book. So I actually look back on that as being what prompted me to figure a lot of, like, I just had to get really, what's the word? I had to get creative. Like not, not in terms of writing my book, but in terms of my time, like how do I do, how do I actually get a novel written in two hours a day over two months, you know? And I couldn't, I just couldn't mess around. And so, but I did it. And like, you did. Wow. Yeah. And I, I think the whole first draft in that. Yeah. Look at you. Wrote the whole first draft. And, and that's also what made me realize like, oh, this doesn't have to take over your life. Like, it can be, I did fit it in. And not only did I fit it in, it felt good. You know, it's funny because I wasn't thinking about it at the time. I was thinking this is a lot of pressure, but later, it wasn't until years later that my husband said, he said, thank God that you had that book to work on. Like, because he, he said it gave you a purpose and it gave you it just gave you an identity in those really early months, right? When you have a baby, when you, you know, so many people suffer from some degree of postpartum and I'm sure I was a part of that. Like you don't have any sleep and your hormones. And so like, I, I saw once he said that, that he was right. Like having a, having something else to be working on, I think was actually really healthy for me. Mm -hmm. Probably all women have some degree of yeah, you know, just baby blues. It can just stem from being tired, you know, especially yeah. first time parents. That's, that's something you can read about, but you're not prepared for until it happens, no. you know? No. Yeah. Um, so that's cool that you found, you found like a, like an outlet 
that kind of yeah. gave you that purpose. I mean, this huge purpose of being a mom, but like having that, you always need that other yeah. non-mom thing, you know, if that makes sense. Kind of hits That's you. like only your own, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I think all moms suffer to some extent. I, I was just thinking, I was smiling when you said that because I have a friend who recently had a baby and I texted her a couple of weeks after and said, how are you? Or how's it going? And she immediately called me and she was so mad. She's like, you and every other mom I know, she's like, none of you told me. And now you're sending me these texts going, how are you? Are you doing okay? Because you all knew it was going to be terrible and you didn't give me a heads up. <laughs> and of course she's like in love with her son, but it's just like, you oh, said, yeah. I think you nailed it. Like, it's just the lack of sleep. It may even just be that. What are some strategies that you can give to moms listening on this, pretty much everything on if they want to be a writer, you know, diving into that just creative field. Yeah. Uh, as we just kind of talked about everything is it can be tough, but it doesn't have to be as tough as you think it's going to be. So yeah. go ahead and just talk about that. Yeah, I would love to. So, okay. The first thing I think is like that story I told you about the doctor. I think people, sometimes it really helps people to get permission to, to feel like they have permission to just do whatever works. So you don't have to be at a computer. I actually handwrite. So that's another thing that I figured out after my son was born that I started handwriting my novels because it felt like a lot less pressure. It felt much mm-hmm. less intense than staring at a computer screen. So like it doesn't have to be at a computer. You could handwrite, you can handwrite a whole novel in a notebook. You could do it on your notes app. Some people dictate you could do it, you know, like whatever, whatever works and feels good is count. That counts. That's writing. It's legitimate writing. So that's one. Another one is that, and this is something I didn't figure out until years into trying to write books is that the writing process and the editing process are completely different. They're completely different. They're completely different mindsets. And if you try to edit or you try to make it pretty or make it look good or make it sound good as you're writing the first draft, that's where people get stuck. And that's where it ends up taking forever. And they, they're they eking it out and it's painful and it's arduous. So I think of the first draft as like, it's just an outpouring of any creative thoughts that are having in your, you're having in your brain. Just like dump them all out. Let that, let creativity take the reins. Don't judge it. Don't rewrite. Don't go back. Don't start over. Don't cross out. Like just get it all down. And then the next phase is going back in and, and trying to make it, you know, shape it up into something that others will read. And I'm not saying the first draft is going to be terrible. Like often, ironically, I think when people give themselves this freedom to just write, just like let it pour out in its messy, messy format, they actually end up writing something really beautiful. So yeah. it's not that I'm saying it's going to be crappy. If you do this, it's actually the opposite. Like this is kind of the way to get the really good stuff is just by trying not to judge what's coming out as it's coming out. And it's also the way to make it pro make yourself like actually get a lot of work. You can, when you're not judging, you can get a lot of words out in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we do these sprints in my writing program and it's like, like, I mean, teeny sprints, I mean, five minutes, like it's tiny and people are, sh- they're like, I cannot believe what just happened in five minutes. I'm like, I know, because when you don't judge it and you just let it come out, it's incredible. Like what, you know, 
the creative yeah. force, whatever you want, however you want to think about it, like the creative force of the universe or your subconscious, like what it will just dump out, you know? I have never heard anyone say like, put it down without like judgment. And yeah. I love that. I yeah, love that. exactly. I think of it, I sometimes describe it as like, if you were to move into a new house, you wouldn't like you, you're not going to start like setting up all of the silverware and hanging up paintings and stuff before you've brought in like the biggest pieces of furniture. Right. (laughs) So it's like, that's kind of how I think of it in phases. Like first you need to just do the, the biggest things just to get the story down. Like where is the couch going to go? What room is it going to go in? (laughs) And then after you have all of like a rough idea of how it's all going to be put together. That's when you come, you come in and you start doing like, Oh, this would look nice here. This vase should go here, you know, and then you can start worrying about the presentation. What a wonderful way to think about it. I really like that for people listening. uh, Where can they find you online and learn more about your um, writing coaching that you do? If they want to connect with you and maybe, you know, use you as a resource. So tell us that. So they can go to thebookincubator.com to learn more about that program. Um, or they could go to maryadkinswriter.com. That's my website. And it's Atkins with a D, like David, not like the diet from the 90s, the T. <laughs> I remember that one. My um, mom loved that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone's mom loved that one in the 90s. <laughs> Um, so it's maryadkinswriter.com. And if they want to check out that, I have a bunch of free resources, blog, podcast, like you said, I have a a YouTube channel and some other stuff that they can, they can just access easily to get some, like some good tips and strategies. Perfect. Oh, and you, you seem extremely knowledgeable and you've went through all the processes and you seem to have done everything, you know, from becoming a lawyer to writing three books and and doing all this. You have so much value that is exciting for people, I think, to tap into if if they feel the need to do that. So yeah. Thanks so much. Um, Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Mary, is there anything else that you want to share with us or say or anything before we wrap up? Just you can do it. If you have a book in you, you could do it, including you, Kelly. Keep writing these <laughs> other 3,000 books you have in mind. Oh, man. You can like literally do anything. You just have to either try it and go through it and see how to do it or just Google it <laughs> or find people like you. Yes. you know? Amen. <laughs> because everything is doable. You just have to, yes. you just got to figure it out. But you can Everything's doable with Google. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, well, Mary. I appreciate you being here and giving such valuable advice and telling us your story. So thank you so much for being here. Everybody go buy her books, listen to her podcasts, uh, go utilize the book incubator, all the good things. I will have all the links in the show notes and on the website and all the the places. So Mary, again, thank you so much for being here and talking to me today. Thanks, Kelly. Don't forget to connect with me and the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Moms Who Create Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.